0: My friends, one of the most glorious events leading up to the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ occurred at the time when Jesus made a glorious entry into that holy city of Jerusalem. Where St. Luke recorded in the 19th chapter of this gospel jesus came into the city sitting on a coat he was sitting high in a posture of triumph one of victory one of glory one of exaltation and as it is written he became nigh at the descent of the mount of olives the whole multitude all of the followers They began to rejoice they began to praise god with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen and known that jesus christ had done here they saw jesus the christ son of the living god manifested in flesh they indeed had seen his miracles, seen his power manifested. No wonder they were seeing him in such a triumphant way, even in a statue of victory, knowing that he was over all things, knowing that he was over all men, knowing that all power was in his hand. So his name had to be blessed for his power for his goodness for his works for they had now come forward and been seen of men so as jesus came into jerusalem the people were saying in luke 19 and 38 blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the lord peace in heaven glory in the highest now, this praise surely was good because Jesus is worthy of praise anytime, any
1: way forever and ever. This praise was glory. Jesus is worthy of such praise
0: that we can give him, but the praise of this multitude, the praise of these that were following him we still must note that for some,
1: it simply was not an eternal praise. It
0: was not a praise that would endure the test of time. It was not a praise that would really go beyond that very moment. When he came into the city on that coat, it would not go beyond such adoration that they were giving him at that time. It was not a praise that would simply hold up against all odds, no matter what came their way, no matter what they had to face.
1: Well, my friends, we know this is true for a great part of the multitude. That some, the gospel says, cried Hosanna and waved palm leaves and said, Bless the name of the Lord. Some of the same ones, when time moved on, they came to say, crucify him. Jesus stood before the multitude when he stood before the crowd, when he was standing with another prisoner to be released named Barabbas before Pontius Pilate. He was there when they said crucify Jesus Christ. One moment they were rejoicing. One moment they were full of praise. And then another moment all together, they were saying the phrase, crucify him. You see, they had an opportunity to extend their praise, they had an opportunity to show forth the thanksgiving to Jesus Christ. But in the very next moment, their praise was gone. Even the original disciples, they may not have been saying crucify him as the multitude of the followers were. But you can be sure they were hiding. Their praise had become silent. And their praise was gone as well. The bottom line of the matter is how soon they forgot their praise in essence how soon they forgot the goodness of the Lord how soon they forgot that he had healed their sick made their blind to see the crippled to walk how soon they forgot that he fed the multitude with a few fish And a little bread. How soon they forgot that he gave them the words of life and even eternal life made a drastic difference in so many lives. That was not enough. He raised from the dead, a man named Lazarus, but yet still their praise turned to cries of death. Their praise turned to silence, lifting him up no more. So, all in all, on that day of praise and palm branches, it was simply a momentary praise. It was just for a moment that they indeed lifted him up. And even one thing about their praise was not only the fact that it was momentary, but another thing is that you can be sure that so many things totally misunderstood why they were praising and glorifying god for who we was but the people did not fully understand who they were actually praising and what this praise should be all about for well, you see, when the multitude cried, blessed be the king, they were not looking at the fact that Jesus Christ is the king of kings of heaven and of earth. And that he is Lord over all things, seen and unseen. But yet many were simply thinking that Jesus is about to make and set up some earthly rule. Make life better for us in that way because he has all power in his hands. He can change things for us. He can overrule Caesar. He can defy even governmental things and make a difference for us. You see, they were looking at the situation simply from the carnal eye, from the worldly perspective, from an earthly view. Surely that is a mistake that many have made and many continue to make in the world. But you see, we can't look at any situation of life from a carnal view, from a worldly view, but we have to have understanding that we must always look at life from a heavenly view, from a spiritual view, and we surely must look at Jesus Christ for who he is in all of his splendor, power, and glory, and what he has done for our lives. This multitude was praising and looking one way, and it was their way. It was their thoughts. It was for their earthly concern. As a matter of fact, they should have been mindful, as we must be mindful of what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all of thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. But the multitude did not understand. Jesus knew they did not understand. That's why he knew their praise would not last. That's why in Luke 19, 41 and 42, when Jesus beheld the city, The Bible said he wept over it, saying, if thou had known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. Jesus had a sorrowful heart, a burdened heart, for he knew they just did not understand. It's a sorrowful thing, even like many today as with the multitude that they can understand that to render praises to God, to render praises in the name of the religion, even acknowledge his works, even acknowledge his benefits. But so many still don't know the man, Jesus Christ. There are many today, just like then, who want the earthly benefit of the Lord, who want the earthly blessings of God. But real salvation has passed them by. Even many believers, even those who are yet saved, still struggle sometimes to maintain their praise and their adoration unto the Lord because of the many trials many life issues, many challenges and burdens that seek to try, to weigh us down, to challenge our staying power in faithfulness unto God. That's because many have to always remember that our priority, our focus, has to be in the right perspective. We cannot get consumed and obsessed about this life and the things of this world that we fail to realize that Jesus is about this life and that which is yet eternal. Jesus is about more than all that's happening in this world. Surely he came to give us life here and to give it to us more abundantly. And he'll show us that by and by. He will provide need even in this world, he will show us the blessedness of life, even while we are living down here. But still, the priority of life is to first and foremost base our hope on things eternal. You see, one thing a believer has to always understand, and one thing those who do not know him have to sooner or later have to understand that we have to have a spiritual foundation of life as we trod this journey of life. The multitude did not understand that Jesus was not coming to Jerusalem for any earthly rule. He was coming for them as he was coming for you and I. But he was coming to lay down his life so that he could give us life. Remember, nobody could take his life because he is the Lord. He is Jesus the Christ. But he came to Jerusalem to lay it down, to give his body, to be mocked, to be spit upon, to be scurried for the sin of the whole world. He came for us as Isaiah would prophesy that he was wounded for our Transgression. The chastisement of our peace was upon him by his stripes. We would be yet healed. But here we have to understand, from the individual perspective of the crowd, something was wrong when in a short while the praise of Jesus turned to crucify him. Something is wrong when they easily turn Jesus aloof sided with the world, sided with the crowd. Something was wrong, even for the original disciples when they went into hiding, when they got silent with their praise, when it came to praising and and, and giving adoration to God. That should not have happened if all was right with our relationship with the Lord. That's why as believers, we have to always make sure that our relationship with the Lord is secure, that if we are in it with Jesus for the long haul, that we're going to trust Him for all eternity. And when we talk about our security in and with Jesus Christ, we know, first of all, a person has to have an established relationship have to become saved. We have to open our heart and confess and allow him to come into our lives and believe upon him. But when we call him Lord and Savior, when he has been manifested in our lives, we know we have to have a journey that's going to stand in faith, that's going to stand and endure the test of time. You need to see some saw his work but they did not really believe. They did not stand in trust. They did not have the propensity nor the strength to endure it all. But even once we know him, we have to keep believing. We have to seek and do those things that fortify us in faith, that we might stand against all odds, that we might ever be mindful of who he is that He just did not come for earthly rule, but he laid down his crown, came to earth, that he is Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He has always existed. He has always been, and he shall forever be. We have to always realize that we are standing with the one that has eternal and everlasting power and that we can stand and endure the test of time because we're standing on the side of Jesus Christ. We as believers today can't go into hiding like the original disciples did, when they needed strength to stand, when they needed strength to be faithful. We cannot even be silent when the world wants to minimize Jesus Christ, but we still, have to sound the alarm and lift up to the world that Jesus still is, and that he reigns in all power and glory. We cannot be influenced by the world, nor by Satan, to turn loose of Jesus Christ. But we have to hold on to him, knowing that he is the answer of all of life. He is the answer from earth to heaven. He is the answer. All that we need, because you can be sure as you try this tedious journey, Satan will try you, the world will try you, to make you second guess your faith, especially when trials come, when challenges come, when hurts and pains come. They want a believer to second-guess your faith. That's why when we think about Jesus on that old rugged cross. They even mocked him, saying, where is your God now? In essence, you said you saved others. Now save yourself. But oh, aren't you mighty glad that he did not come down from that cross? He didn't listen to the mocking. He didn't listen to all that they had to say. He just did the will of his heavenly father to save you and to save me. But that's where even for us, in sorrow and triumph, we have to hold on to Jesus. We have to hold on to him. We have to praise him anyhow. You see, what they did not realize, that this was a temporary moment, that he was hanging on the cross. They did not realize that all power for eternity was in his hands. And that from everlasting to everlasting, he still is God. That's why we praise him. That's why we glorify him, because he will reign forever. Their praise, it did not last. Their glorifying him, it did not last, did not last, but it was just for a moment. But the question is what about you? What about you? How long will your praise last? How long will you give him glory? Can you do it and give him glory? Will you be convicted? Even in the ups and downs, I'm going to praise him anyhow. The good days, the bad days, I'm going to praise him anyhow. Though the road gets rough, the valley of despair may get long sometimes. But are you convicted in your heart and mind? that I'm going to praise him anyhow. You see, every believer, you ought to have an answer to that question. You ought to have a convicted soul. Just be mindful of what he did when he went on us God, God here, hung on the old record, broke, gave his body, shed his blood. Even in spite of our unworthiness, he hung there to wash our sins away to pick us up as a miry clay out of his love for us. He did it just for you. He did it just for me. That's why no matter what be kind in your life, glorify him, praise him, give him honor, give him glory. No matter how you feel sometimes, in the weariness of life, he is worthy to be praised. Make sure as a believer, that I'm convicted in my heart, convicted in my mind and in my soul that no matter what be time, I'm going to hold on to God's unchanging hand. I'm going to lift him up. I'm going to praise him anyhow because I know where the Lord has brought me. He's brought me from a mighty long way. I know where he was when I lifted me up when he changed my life. Do you know that today? Do you know it for yourself? The multitude could not endure, but let your praise, let your glory, let it endure the test of time. Because you have that man, Jesus Christ, in your life. You have him day by day. Trust him. Be convicted in his word that you will never second guess your faith, but you'll always say within the depths of your soul that my anchor holds in that solid rock. Because I know a man named Jesus Christ who has never failed yet. And I know he never will. Because from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. He knows everything anguish we have he knows every trial we bear he knows what's behind us he knows what's before us he knows every sorrow he knows every hurt and pain he knows all we stand in need of but we must hold on to jesus christ forever give him glory forever praise him because as he said himself if we don't praise him the rocks are going to cry out Because he is God. He is king. He is Lord. Make sure he's your savior. Do you know him today? Will you trust him today? Will you look upon him as your God, as your savior, as your king for all eternity? And do you have a made up mind that no matter what, I'm going to trust in Jesus Christ. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I know I can lay every care at the feet of Jesus Christ. And because he is in my life, I know everything is going to be all right. I know I can face tomorrow. I know I can endure the test of time because I have Jesus Christ in my life. He's worthy of all praise. He's worthy of all glory. He is a mighty good God. As a matter of fact, you ought to have a testimony. When you are a child of God, you ought to be able to know for yourself, even shout glory, hallelujah, because I have a testimony that I have a Savior in my life. I know it was nobody but Jesus that has brought me from a mighty long way. Nobody but Jesus that has lifted me out of sorrow, given me a glad heart, given me a newfound peace. Nobody but Jesus Christ. Nobody but the Lord. Will you trust him today? Will you praise him? Will you glorify him? As a matter of fact, will you give him every care, every concern that you have? Jesus can fix it for you. He is our eternal God. He is our God in this world. He is our God in the next world. He is everlasting. He is with us every day. And he'll even bless you right now. Whatever you stand in need of today, Jesus is standing by. As we make ready for our personal prayer time, we invite you now, right now, to just take a moment.